Greetings, valued poll listeners, and welcome to episode 90 of the Poll List Podcast, a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. My name is Chris Poirier, and I am chipper as ever at 7.45 a.m. this lovely recording uh, morning, and with me, as always, is the one, the only, partially caffeinated, by the looks of it, Hector... Barely. Barely. <laughs> what's your, what's your mug say this morning? Uh, Jesus loves you, but don't be a douche. That's <laughs> good morning, everyone. <laughs> Words of wisdom from your favorite pastor comic men's sticker uh, is available from faith and fandom.org. <laughs> uh, not a sponsor, but a sponsor because you're here and it's entirely yours. I, I feel, know. yeah, I feel like it's kind of sponsored, <laughs> but whatever. Roll with it. Brought to you by Faith and Fandom and Columbus God Game Associated. No conflict of interest whatsoever. Um, sponsors. It's great. <sighs> I guess we should talk about some comics then, huh? Comic books. Comic books. All right. Well, you know what that means. Strap yourselves in and prepare yourselves for we've got comic sign. Checks for my expansion sets. They call me Obi Wan. Act like you know me, son. On today's episode of The Polis, we have a, well, wonderful show for you. Uh, we're going to hit the latest news that you need to know. It's majestic. It's amazing. Uh, so we're going to hit that stuff you need to know. Some interesting stuff there. Uh, our poll recommendations from the past two weeks. We are back in the flow of things, so it actually is every two weeks. Uh, our favorite new number ones and so much more. This is the Polis Podcast. I'm going to talk about industry stuffs at the top because it's actually an interesting point that I hadn't considered given all of the kind of random nonsense going on in comic book publishing. But um, Rich Johnson over at Bleeding Cool actually wrote kind of an insightful article. And I say kind of because Rich... Well, come on, Rich. You're not exactly known for being insightful as much as you are. Here's a random thing that I want you to read about and click on. And what do you mean you've disabled your ad blocker? <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, um, they're part of one of those websites that's like, how dare you use an ad blocker? That's how we make money that you get yeah. pop ups all the time now. It's like, stop it. <laughs> I would prefer your advertisements not to destroy my computer. But you do you. But. Since all the publishers kind of went all over the place, right? So we created Lunar. We created Random Penguin House. And Diamond became the not one-stop shop anymore. There is some data that is no longer collected by anyone holistically. And what I mean is we don't know what comic books actually are best-selling comic books except through their individual distributors and not overall anymore. Because since nobody's not everybody's going through Penguin, there's no real way to gauge. Right. So Diamond used to produce this information weekly. And it's very important because when we're doing FOC for things that don't even exist yet, um, or we're trying to figure out how we're going to FOC issues two, three, four of a new book that's come out, we one of those things that we used to look at is Diamond's basically sales reports because those were purchases and scans and all that good stuff. Right. And you would literally be able to look at their data. And if you go into that article in, in the show notes, you'll see that it, it used to produce this lovely pie graph that would show you things like um, 
publisher. So the big two always like occupied all of it. But you could also see some of the smaller companies, how they actually balanced out. You could see books. Um, and of course, Bleeding Cool tries to do a top 10 now, but it's from mashing data together. So it's less than perfect and they don't give us the actual numbers anymore. There's a couple other websites that are out there, but they're also tied to sales systems. So they're less reliable. But yeah, some of the data that we used to use to be like, okay, let, let's, how much of a risk am I going to take on some of these books? Kind of just doesn't exist anymore. So Rich finally kind of asked the question out loud, how the heck are we doing this since we fractured everything? Because we're still a business and data helps, but now the data is disparate and no one's actually taking the time to figure out how to jam it all back together so it tells us something intelligent as a bunch of retailers. And I stopped and went, this is very insightful that literally no common person really cares, but a bunch of comic book retailers have a lot of reason to care. And it's fascinating to me. I don't know what the answer is, um, except that some nerd is probably going to try to see if all those companies will actually give API access so they can pull data. But I can't help but wonder also, some of these companies just don't want that because no, now they, they, don't just, have to, just gonna, they don't have to they defend don't wanna... it. They don't want the accountability and they also yep. don't want the shame of, oh, we're not selling as much as you are, or they don't want the effort to actually have to lie. So I right, or more curiously, and I think this is probably more accurate to the point, is I don't think we're doing volume overall even close to what we were even two years ago. That oh, no. I bet you, I bet you stuff like there was once upon a time, like a half million run of a new number one was really big, but back up 10 to 20 years, it should have been one to 2 million. Um, I th An average good sell-through right now is closer to quarter million or barely breaking into the 200,000. So like those numbers have pretty consistently found their way to the bottom of the chart. Um, now, he didn't mention it in the article, but I decided I was going to jam on another news point here because I watched it happen in real time and I didn't see anybody write about it yet. Um, I believe it was over the book that you that you're you're going to talk about later. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about it. But um, the Batman, Catwoman, the Gotham War um, start book. I'm pretty sure it's that one. I have to go back and double check. Um, but it's one of the Gotham War books that almost the entire retail industry, when they got it in their hands this week, went. This is not what the FOC description said. So they're basically doing a you're about to do Batman Catwoman wedding faux pas again. And I don't remember if it was that book. It's one of the lead in books. But basically it said, yeah, it's going to have bits and pieces of other comics that you need to be reminded of happened to set this up. But it's going to have a 10 page original story in it. And it didn't. Um, well, it's not this one then. Yeah, I'm trying to I think it's I got to see if I can find it by the end of the show, but it's one of the preludes. And basically it was part of Batman 136 and 137, one of the last Catwoman's, the free comic book day book and one other thing. And there's literally nothing new in it. Um, but it has been, it was advertised in its solicitation as having a bunch of new stuff in it. It won't tell you in the book itself. That was the other thing is a bunch of people went, wait, I already read this. And DC pitched it as, oh, but it's going to be new and interesting. And so a lot of places ordered up on it. 
and they're like, cool, I hope you're taking 100% returnability because you're trying to get me to sell something people already own. And you did I not tell like, us that. I feel like this can't be it because I can I'll be wrong. To, yeah, but. I felt like it felt somewhat familiar, but also I couldn't remember because I wasn't reading as closely. I'll have to see if I can find that real quick. Let's do news in real time because we have the internet. Uh, 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 uh. People going to Baltimore, boom, doing cool things. Dragon Con's happening. Dragon, Dragon Con's not being talked about in the in the FOC. I wonder why. Okay, no, it's actually just referred to as the Gotham War Prelude. So maybe we haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's because Batman Day is coming up, so it's a book that's yet to be. Um, but retailers solicited. were disappointed because it's... Ah, this is why it's going to have stuff in the book in that I referenced. It's going to have basically that book again. Okay. And stuff from Batman 136 and 137 and Catwoman 57. And everybody's basically like, that's not cool, DC. Um, <laughs> we ordered up on a book that we're basically giving away that also basically doesn't have anything in it as promised because when you see stuff like new original content you plan on speculators and you spend more money um so that and it's just dc and retailers are having that reminder of we did this before something about a wedding <laughs> yeah um yeah so just interesting stuff but moving right along so the industry is interesting and how we collect data and how we present things matters, right? That's basically what I wanted to get to there. Is pay attention, churches. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Hector is judging you slightly, entirely. I'm just reminding you to judge yourself <laughs> with your fake projection numbers and Ooh, all the things. Yeah, and... why are you triple counting that kid? That's not cool. Some of you Christians just laughed. The rest of you, yeah. yeah. It's good. Um, so going to talk about Kevin Smith again, because Kevin's just doing stuff. Um, I'll tell you. Next Stan Lee. <laughs> you um, heard it. You heard it here first, folks. Right. But I, I don't know if Stan, the man ever would have done this. But anyway, Kevin's like he I guess he's in a downsizing phase in his life. Um, yeah. And he's like, I got all this original art these pages, these covers of comics and stuff and projects I've done over the year, I'm just going to auction it all off. And at first I was like, the word all seems excessive for Kevin. But then I saw that it was just his original art. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, I get that. I've got a box full of art that I paid a lot of money for sitting under a bed because I don't have that many walls. Um, so we'll do just kinda... like even the original art for like my kid's book and some other stuff is just sitting around. Cause like, what do I do with that? Where, where am I putting this stuff? Um, so in the show notes, we left you the link, and I think it actually links to the auction house in Jersey that's actually doing all that cool stuff. I think it was in Jersey. Um, but there's an auction house. Jersey. Yeah, it seemed right. Um, so Kevin worked on a lot of stuff, a lot of interesting stuff. So I have a feeling there's going to be some pretty interesting gets in that thing. So there you go. Wanted to let you all know if you want to try to go bid on a bunch of stuff that you probably can't afford, but we're, we're not here to stop you. But if you were to get gifts for some of your favorite podcast hosts. <laughs> no? 
All right. Fair. Fair. That's fair. Fair. Is it? Is it fair? If you want to get gifts, yeah, sure. I mean, we don't have to. I mean, we, yeah, we don't have to, but we we do this for free. Um, man, is it early? Uh, what else I got? Oh yes. Um, Hellboy's got a video game coming. Int- I am quite interested in that actually. Yeah, and uh, original art. So Mikey Boy's doing the art, so it looks exactly like we want a Hellboy to look like, but. Uh, Hellboy. Web Did I ever tell you I have a Mike Magnolia autographed Batman? Noise. That he wrote. Yeah, or no, not he wrote. did. Yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. drew. He drew. does. He, he does a little of both, but I do remember that he did a a bats. Didn't he do a Halloween story? Wasn't that? What All I know is got Batman coming out of a grave. I've had it autographed and sealed longer than I've read it. So <laughs> that's fair. Um, like I got it at maybe my first Heroes Con, like in 2010, back in the day, yeah, as they say. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Web of Weird, I believe it comes out. It's gonna be close to the spoopy holiday. Is it like a major platform game? What are we talking here? It's everything. Um, from. I will find the bottom here real quick because I remembered that it said uh, PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Series X, and S, and Nintendo Switch starting October 4th. Ooh. Hellboy Web of Weird sends Hellboy on a series of vastly different and wholly unique adventures, all tied to the mysterious legacy of the Butterfly House. When an agent of the BPRD is sent on a reconnaissance mission to the mansion and promptly goes missing it is up to you the hellboy and your team of bureau agents to find your missing colleague and uncover secrets of the butterfly house okay sold you're gonna punch you're gonna punch stuff really hard and you know the way that the hellboy does the the punching so does it look like an action adventure is it more like rpg uh i think it's it might even be more fair to say that it's like platformy because I haven't seen a lot of pictures from it. That's the only thing. Um, but like I said, it's their art. So what was it? Um, There's a game into the West, something like that. I don't know if you played that. It was on Xbox for free that it's kind of got that vibe. Okay. Um, so I think it's kind of third person-y um, punchy punchy. They don't really fair define enough. it in terms of what type of game it's really going to be just that Hellboy's in it and they're not wrong that that's a good way to sell <laughs> sell stuff hi look at this it's Hellboy you did it wasn't he in one of the Mortal Kombat no Injustice that makes sense they put everybody in Injustice they're putting more people in Mortal Kombat than Injustice now though it's kind of getting silly yeah well Call of Duty is like trying to do their best impression of Fortnite right now too so <laughs> oh yeah they put like Homelander Home, well, they did. They did all the boys, and uh, Laura Croft is one of the next ones. Yeah. So the Team Raider, and it's like, all right. And they dropped Ahsoka in Fortnite. Of course they did. So it, Fortnite's like, I will take that licensing, please. So ah, <sighs> good times. And final news for today to talk about, um, which depresses me, but here we are: Valiant Comics um, canceling two of their mainline 
uh, stories, which leads me to go, what exactly are you publishing right now? Um, but Ninjak and Exo Manowar, which literally are two of the titles that the company really started with, Manowar being one of their longest and biggest pieces of their catalog. They're just like, yeah, it seems really hard to do the things that we actually are supposed to do as a company that owns IP. But here we are. Um, so the continuing... Um, meteoric fall of Valiant Comics seems to be continuing uh, for better or worse. Um, it depresses me having been a fan of their stuff and the fact that they basically sold out to a random media company. And when that happened, it did a nosedive, which for those that know the history and those of you who don't, I can tell you the short version is exactly what happened to them originally in the 90s. Um, Acclaim Entertainment bought them back in the day. So NBA Jam, <laughs> those types of video games are who bought Valiant the first time and to try to make a bunch of, I believe, PlayStation 1 video games. Um, and it, shoot, boom. And yeah. that's where one of my friends, uh, Dinesh, was like, I want to save you and, you know, raised funds with his friends, bought the company, built it. And then another overseas media company rolled in was like, we want some of that sexy um, comic book universe IP bought it, tried to do a bunch of like streaming movies and we forgot about what Valiant does here for a living. And now they're canceling all their books and nobody <laughs> works there that helped. Oh, it's Marvel them. in the nineties. Yeah. Well, and what's even funnier about that is again, Valiant history is, um, Jim shooter leaving Marvel in the nineties over that nonsense started Valiant. That's where Valiant came from. <laughs> Um, so here is Chris letting you all know comic books, everything is the same again. <laughs> Nothing is new. Uh, stuff continues to happen. Yeah. It's all it, been done. Yeah. It's all been done. Um, let me get my ukulele. <laughs> there you go. Uh, YouTube hitting them copyright. Oh. Uh, Oh, don't worry. YouTube won't recognize it. <laughs> oh. oh, that's sad. I don't know if it's sad that YouTube won't recognize it or that I absolutely did. We're testing all of you. You're being tested. But uh, I didn't really catch anything else. Like, once again, the news feed for comics seems just really boring and dry right now. I, well, I don't know if you've seen anything recently, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I go looking for industry news and I don't really find much industry anymore. No, well, it's one of those things that it's not it's not an attractive time to be industry. So that's uh, fair. Keeping that's... the industry end of things under the rug is smarter. Yeah, I, I suppose. The rest of us that try to sell your stuff, though, sit out here and like, you got to give us something, bro. Well, movie properties aren't doing it. Yep. Streaming shows aren't necessarily killing it. And comics nope. aren't reliable. So. Womp womp. The only people hanging around DC are DC nerds. In, <laughs> in uh, movies. Actually, yeah. So before I bust out of the news, I will say this. Another thing that the interwebs gave me is. The Flash hit Max, so, you know, HBO Max, last week. And someone actually pointed out out loud, um, 
oh yeah, The Flash has been out. Has anyone actually seen it since it hit streaming? And a bunch of us went, huh. And I mean, I need to because I didn't bother to pay money for it because I was not about to give movie theaters or DC my money for that one in real time, even though I love The Flash. Um, so I need to still do that. But that's kind of where the where people are with some DC properties. They're like, we, we we've learned our lesson. <laughs> Well, and I know that the response for Blue Beetle wasn't like the biggest one either, but like I just want to remind right. people, Blue Beetle was originally supposed to be just a streaming movie. Yeah, that's true. So everything it's done at the box office is bonus. <laughs> because bonus. So if you're looking at Blue Beetle's box office like, oh man, this failed. Remember, this wasn't supposed to make money. This was <laughs> supposed to be streaming content. It wasn't so, supposed to be here. <laughs> it was never supposed to be like, I wasn't even supposed to be here today. That was the Blue Beetle. So, yeah, he's like, what? but here we are. Yep. So. All right. Well, that's what you need to know. That's our biweekly look at the industry and delivering the insider knowledge, or at least where we can find it. Uh, as always, you can join in the conversation on the Love Thy Nerd Discord with Hector and I, at least occasionally. I have like 47 discords and all of them. I have the conversations muted, so my bad. Uh, but you can also check us out on the Love Thy Nerd Facebook community. We pop up over there occasionally and post pictures of the show before they hit and upset all of our fan bases because you might see spoilers. Uh, but tell us what you loved what you hated what we probably missed because occasionally we do miss stuff because the internet doesn't tell us and if the internet doesn't tell us did it really happen no it didn't you are listening to the pull list podcast with chris fourier and hector mira hey fam this is Hector Mirai, and you're listening to Faith and Vandom 180 on LTN Radio. So a few days ago, I was set up at an outdoor nerd market in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We are lining the streets of this downtown area for a literal artist's alley. Cool, there's a lot of great vendors and stuff set up, but uh, it was hot as the blazes. And uh, it was a long day. And... Uh, this is one of those where we have to bring all of our own stuff, tables, chairs, etc. And my car is only so big and I get tired of making trips. So I try and do everything as compactly as possible, including for my chair. I had one of those stools that uh, you pop up like a folding cup, like it's about maybe two or three inches thick and you twist and pull and it click, 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 clicks out and uh, makes a chair. Now, normally, because I'm a person of large stature, and girth i would think there's no way this thing will hold me but uh my employer uh sold it to me because he just found it uncomfortable but he's a bigger man than me and he used it and he was fine and you know what i've been using this thing for like a year maybe less but i've not had any problems with it i'm used to just sitting on it and everything going fine so it's almost 95 degrees at this event and i guess i just missed the fact that my girth plus the extreme heat would make this plastic foldy chair defy the laws of physics and uh, somebody walked by and fist bumped me 
and it broke and it sounded like my vertebrae were shattering like a Mortal Kombat finishing with like click 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 and I got slammed splat on the concrete. It sounded amazing. It looked like we planned it and people were like genuinely aghast. And then I laughed and it was fun. But uh, <laughs> it reminds me of this verse. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. And the reality is, I thought I was fine. And then I got suplexed by gravity and heat onto a sidewalk in front of a bunch of nerds. It's a good reminder for us to always be cautious and always mind what's going on around us and in us. Because just because something has been sturdy in your life before doesn't mean it's always going to be sturdy. Everything that's been safe prior won't always be safe mind your social and spiritual surroundings. If you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head on over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcast, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. Let's dive right in then to the main event, the purpose, the reason, the reason Hector and I get up in the morning, which is to read comic books, or at least that's what we'd no, like you to believe. That's why I stay up late. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah, we don't get, get up, we get up early. To, about it. We get up early to talk about it, right? Yeah, there you um, go. So let, let's talk about them. Holy mother of... Sorry, I just realized you you went hardcore this week that instead of surprising people with the random Marvel book that we actually read, DC's going old school this week. So yeah. uh, <laughs> tell us, Hector, what did DC want us to read? And how did now, I miss how did I miss an issue zero of of a book? We're going to talk about that. that I found. Yeah, um, let's go. Uh, first of all, I read Marvel books. I did, too. I did. So off the top. I, we finally got the book of Kamala Khan being being a mutant instead of just being Miss Marvel. So I was like, I have to read it. I have to know. And eh? Yeah. Eh? Uh, Moon Knight's officially hit the place. I'm taking it off my pulls. Yeah, I actually, as a Moon Knight fan, that stopped like a month or two ago for me. Yeah. Um, and I Fantastic Four dropped an annual. Mm. A bunch was, did. We're kind of in that that time. This is kind of the time of year annual start to hit. Yeah. Um, and it was Ghost Rider versus Johnny Storm okay. in hell for random reasons. Well, we were talking about the Ghost Rider, so I guess that makes sense. Um, and also on D- Marvel news, because, you know, we didn't say anything with this. Marvel <laughs> is about oh, to go oh. into a... Uh, series slash season of like the combat of chaos or something like that oh yeah 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 contest of of chaos it the word contest is in there yeah and i was like oh look another event that i literally nothing know nothing about or care about let's go but it literally is agatha harkness uh, who's dressed like starfire from titans okay uh yoinking all the major marvel players ramping them up making them do multiverse crap and then fighting each other no 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 hold on we we did this isn't isn't this literally like how we got introduced to kang the conqueror originally with with kang's contest and all this like like 
like straight up stop. <laughs> like you didn't even borrow from another property. You're borrowing from yourselves now because an Agatha Harkness show is coming. Yes. Don't forget that. <laughs> that's what that's what they're doing, dude. They're inserting Agatha. Uh, into, and here's the deal. She's in the back of every Marvel book. Uh, so the end of every Marvel book is Agatha showing up and yoinking characters out because they need Agatha to be relevant. Now, I love Catherine. I yeah, would, yeah, no, the, the show I'm ready for. I, yeah, I'll, I'll watch the show. But like the entire my entire comics life, Agatha has not been relevant. And now you're shoehorning right. her in for movies. I get it. It's the smart business play. But Is dude, it, it was not remotely relevant. And like I felt like reading the Moon Knight issue uh, where he's just fighting a dude because Agatha says so. Like, <laughs> this is lame, bro. Fight. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to drop. I'm literally going to. I'm dropping. I'm going to do it today. I'm going to drop detective. You going. Ooh, detective is out. Um, I've been saying drop detective for months. I mean, um, that's fair. You probably but, gave it. You gave it a longer opportunity than it deserved. I gave detective money out of loyalty because it's Batman. Um uh -huh. But I also don't know if it's about to play into Gotham War, so I should maybe wait. It um, probably will because, yeah. you know. All right. So speaking of Gotham War, let's jump into uh, issue zero of the Penguin. Which, for the I record, legit did not see that. It makes me upset. But um, and it's a Zadarsky. Um, oh yeah. Oh no. So the zero was written by Chip. Yeah. Um, Interesting. So issue one is written by Tom King. Issue zero yes. is written by Zadarsky. Um, and this is better than Penguin one. Ah, now I'm disappointed. Leaps and bounds. Cool. Um, it was, but this is better. Okay. Um, and what fight about it. You're about, you're about to see the fight. It's good. Uh, what's cool. What's weak is that this was literally sitting under my desk when we recorded the last one and I forgot it. So technically it's old. Ah, so that's probably why I missed it. Yeah. Um, because I picked it up randomly because, uh, there's a penguin book and like, yeah, no, I was ago. the same. I was like, and then I saw, um, that King was writing this one. I was like, well, I mean, it can't be dragging your dead mother through the desert in a coffin. <laughs> um, but what? I picked this one up because it was a Darsky writing a penguin book. And I was like, I'm interested. So um, as you read in the penguin book that they're forcing penguin back into the life. Right. Um, that he got uh, out. Ish. He had gotten out. So this is the deal. This is a. Uh, um, where you're going to be introduced to some major characters coming up in the penguin storyline. Uh, this follows the fact that penguin is out a hundred percent out. Um, and not even trying to come back. Uh, but remember, uh, homeboy from the Batman books, uh, what was his name? They made a whole, the underbroker. Oh, right. Yeah. Like eh. the lawyer bank guy. Okay. Lame yeah, idea. Yeah. Um, uh, but now they brought in another dude who, uh, he, uh, what's his name? Uh, he's the executor. Okay. Uh, so he's a, a giant, <laughs> right. um, robot lawyer who's partnered with the underbroker and his job is to execute wills. 
um, and and make sure uh, that crap gets done. So Oswald Cobblepot's uh, will and uh, testament, which actually he did leave. Um, it's not it. like a it's not like a sham. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is that uh, his stuff be that he his kids be notified and. The plot point is that someone is murdering all of Cobblepot's kids. Um, right. Bef- before uh, the executor can get to them. And so he goes to Catwoman to hire her to try and find these kids before they die. Okay. Um, and so Cobblepot has 10 children. Yes. And I'm going to say this super politely. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a line where Catwoman's like, I'm surprised 10 women gave him the chance. Um, and sh- that's a, a page in the book. Um, there you go. Uh, but then at the end of it, uh, all of Cobblepot's kids are murdered except two. Okay. And it's implied heavily that these two murdered all the rest. Sure. Makes sense. Especially if um, they're all in the will. And so Penguin, uh, you know, basically this basically ends by saying, like, go do what I couldn't. So, so like, he's completely out. And now, like, everything's being the iceberg lounge is being left to his two kids. And Catwoman decides, I'm going to go make life harder on Gotham. Right. Right. Merry Christmas. So this... I'll talk I'll talk about it, obviously. Um, you can go ahead and jump into Penguin 1 if you want to. Yeah, so we're going to just do this slightly different because I had Penguin 1 on, on mine. So the first question I have, because I didn't get to read this, is the beginning of Penguin 1 is not referenced in Zero. It, no. We're, Okay, so that's just a that is straight up a Tom King. I started at the end of the story thing. Yeah. Okay, great. So, yeah, Penguin One picks up the Batman and the Penguin are chilling in the Batmobile, sinking in Gotham Bay, (laughs) both of them having been shot multiple times. And Tom King's like, Congratulations, welcome to the story. Pacow. And it's like, All right, okay. And tons of inner monologue, like Tom King's doing his thing, right? Like yeah. straight up. And he it's as Tom King as you can get. This is as Tom, it, but like I said, but not dragging your dead mother through a desert randomly. Um, it's tons of inner monologue on Batman, on Oswald, and we get glimpses of his um, out life where he's remarried because his wife beforehand got murdered and all that. So, you know. We don't know which wife and or mother or whatever apparently she is in the line to Catwoman's point, but here we go. Um, but everyone's like, oh, no, he's at, they're still thinking he's the penguin, the guy that like reacts violently to just about everything. Like he goes and gets like tailored once a month kind of thing. And the tailor's like, oh, God, he's going to kill me. Um, and he's like, no, nah, I'm good. Don't worry about it. Different guy. His wife gets home late from work and he had cooked a really good dinner and it's like, oh, no. And he's like, no, nah, I got you, fam. Like he is super uber chill in comparison to his other stuff. But then 
the whole point of book one is that a federal agent who is working for the wall, uh, Amanda Waller, um, is like, nope, uh, stuff's about to go sideways here in town. Kind of need you to get back into the game and do what you kind of do best, friend. Um, and he does. And so his first turn of that is he goes and kills the tailor, <laughs> um, beats him to death with an umbrella because it's like, I'm back, baby, is basically how that one plays out. Um, but then we get reminded that him and Batman are slowly sinking in Gotham Bay in the Batmobile because they've both been shot. And that's kind of the whole first story. But I'm like, yep, this is the kind of Tom King that I like. Um, tons of internal dialogue. Um, normal slices of normal slices of life of characters that we've seen before. So uh, I don't know if based on this King's writing the rest of this, or if the creative team changes every book, I don't know the answer to that. I have yeah. to go look at the solicitations, but either way, well, those lie too. Yeah. <laughs> DC, what'd you learn? Absolutely nothing. Um, so no, I, I, I kind of dig it. Um, the last few King books landed a little flat for me, but because the other thing is if you're not invested in the characters at all, then King's approach is probably going to bore you. So I think that's kind of why sometimes you get stuff and you're like, eh, that's not my jam. Cause it well, just, depends. and he takes a, such a wide swing at so much stuff. Like I wouldn't have expected the Riddler book to be, Penguin yeah. number one. well, I got a, I think I got a cooler cover. I got the tattoo cover. Oh, nice. Yeah. If you got it, then show it. I don't have it though. <laughs> uh-huh. It's in the other room. But uh, none like, for you. There's a, co- a cover of a uh, Harley Quinn tattooing straight out of Gotham on his <laughs> back. Okay, yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, so, so yeah, that was one of mine. But staying with the Gotham War, which honestly, the Gotham War is only like eight issues of stuff. So I would kind of, I'm down to dig that, and it doesn't look like it messes with Detective either. So goodbye. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't touch detective. Um, it's like goodbye, friends. Yeah, goodbye, friends. Um, with this, this was an interesting story, and it was something fresh. Um, you read this one? Uh mostly. mostly. I actually got bored with it. Yeah. I I don't know why, but the bat books are are not dragging me right now. Finish this one. Um. Because it's got just good storyline, at least, uh, or setup. Um, but the bottom line is that Catwoman, uh, after, what was it? Uh, what just happened? Uh, terror. Night Terror. Night Terror. After Night Terror, uh, Batman is asleep for eight weeks. Um, that checks uh, out. <laughs> because Dead Man used his body too long. And he can't wake up. And so the Batman's asleep for eight weeks. So in those eight weeks, uh, Catwoman uh, organizes all of the thugs and goons and henchmen in Gotham and starts to treat them with respect and train them to actually have a better quality of life. And without random goons and thugs perpetrating for villains, uh, they uh, violent crime is down 75%. Um, so Catwoman basically makes Gotham safer than Batman did, but she does it by training the criminals to be better criminals and that they're only going to rob, uh, from the wealthy and without being violent. 
Um, so they said that she'll teach them to be high end cat burglar type people, mm. but um, they won't use web. They won't use guns. They won't kill people and they'll steal from people that can afford to lose it. And so the plot point of the thing is that she calls the entire bat family together. Right. To workshop this together. And so the entire bat family in one room is listening to this and like it divides the whole bat family. Like Jason Todd's like sold. Um, and Tim or Damien's like, this is stupid. Tim is like, this is plausible. And then Batman's like, how freaking dare you? Um, <laughs> right. Right. And like, it ends with one of Catwoman's proteges getting murdered because he broke into a rich lady's house and she killed him, mm. which it's, which Batman is going to, <laughs> as Michael Jordan said, I took that personally. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Uh, I will say this, though. I found this to be an interesting concept. It was something fresh. It gives Jason some plot line to actually do something uh, because Jason's going to be the one siding with her and kind of going down this rabbit hole. I will say this, though, and I say this, and I know I've critiqued this before. The art's terrible. The To be a mainstream book as it is, it's inconsistent, and uh, it's not... It's not the best art I've seen in a DC book in a very long while. Um, some of it's okay, but especially some of the Catwoman out of her mask stuff, like when she's workshopping everything, um, is not is not popping. Um, yeah, and I'll say this: the the Catwoman art in Penguin Zero is gorgeous mm. and i know when you're doing a chunky book because this thing is twice the size basically uh but i was yeah, disappointed was in the art i was happy with the direction disappointed in the art um what else i got and i'm not going to spend a lot of time on this uh dark knights of steel 12 they finally ended it <laughs> it's it, finally over <laughs> it's finally over uh and it ended well um, I honestly think once you see this whole story as a whole, uh, there was some big plot twists around issue 10, nine, somewhere in there. Uh, when you end this story on a whole, they did it really well. I feel like they stuck the landing with it. Um, and uh, in the same way that Taylor did deceased, uh, made it a functional world and storyline. I think he did this with that. OK, that's cool. Um, that's one I'm probably going to go back and pick up in in trade to just it, crush it. I think this will be a better experience in trade than it was in single, because there was a lot of plot twisty stuff that was confusing when you had two months in between. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, but I think it would flow greatly as a trade. So I've, I feel validated in spending my money on this for a oh. year or for 12 issues. And that says a lot. Cause usually I get to end up 12 issues down. And I'm like, this was a horrible waste of my life. This was good. <laughs> what just um, happened? Where did yeah. the time go? Um, Why am I poor? And then then, uh, Doomsday, uh, special number one. Yep. And uh, did you read this? I did. Okay. Uh, Basically, it's uh, Doomsday in hell. And Doomsday is in hell getting stronger. um, And it's scaring the devil. (laughs) 
And so the devil reaches out to Martian Manhunter, who in turn brings in uh, Kara. Like, but it's Power Girl Kara or is it Supergirl Kara? I just can't oh, remember. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forget too, but yes, yeah, Kara. Because they've made Power Girl look a lot like Supergirl now. Um, I'm not going to lie. It has been slightly confusing. <laughs> it is slightly confusing. Um, but uh, either way, uh, I'm I'm just sad that I read this whole thing and now I can't remember which one it is. Um, Kara Zor-El. Yeah, it's Kara. Um, but uh, Martian Manhunter and Kara go to hell to fight Doomsday. That checks out. And and it's literally because the devil was frightened of how much power Doomsday was gathering. Um, but Doomsday is coming and it's going to be a big deal in the future. Merry Christmas. Uh, we haven't had a good Doomsday story in a while. I found it interesting. Um, and uh, Kara Zorel also found it offensive that hell existed. Uh, she's like, wait, this is real? <laughs> and... That's like that's not okay. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I, yeah. Oh no. We were uh, told I, I this did, is all. What? Yeah. And but they also pulled the Sandman thing of like it only exists because people believe it exists. Ah. Um and I did find the uh penguin cover. Yes. Okay, yeah, that's way cooler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So that's my pulls. What are your pulls? Oh uh, yeah, let's go. Uh the local man shiny gold edition oh wow yeah still doing the thing where you flip it upside down it has another story in it but anyway it's kind of done in like annual fashion but it's basically a you know this is a gold foil um edition so they're still making fun of the 90s and all the stuff that they've done and everything um which is really kind of fun and cool and all of that and actually we were talking about it we're pretty sure this homage cover isn't from image it's actually a valiant cover yeah. but i have to go back and double check i think this actually was an exo man of war cover so that's like yeah really it looks cool. familiar it's a really cool kind of throwback in that because that's another thing they've done in making fun of stretchy suited people but it, what they do and it's so good is because the story's kind of happening and everything it kind of picks up in a place where the story's been going on but then there's a time travel event and the dude comes face to face with himself still on the team because he'd been thrown off the team because of stuff and everything. And this adventure is him with himself, but from the past solving, um, basically a big, bad incident that occurs. At the you are listening to the Polis podcast it's, with dude, Chris Poirier so and Hector Mira because of how crazy and silly it is. But what's even better is, because this dude's learned a lot from being a dumb person back in the day when he was wearing the suit and why he's been thrown out and everything, he cringes and tells his old self every time he's being stupid. Because <laughs> um, like the dude's like always trying to pick up chicks, basically, because he's like, I'm a superhero. And he uses really terrible lines. And the new version of himself is literally within earshot every time and just stares at him and is like, no. <laughs> um and it the book's just broken there's lots of action stuff happens at the walmart um and right so I, i'm not sorry local man's actually kind of great right now 
that's awesome. all all of these books that have gone back and kind of been a commentary on past eras of comics like all of them have been pretty good <laughs> um and i don't think they have any business being that good but here they are actually you know what i'm an idiot of course this is of course this is a valiant ripoff it's why it's gold um because for those of you that don't know, gold issues of Valiant number ones usually can only be obtained by directly touching the publisher at shows and things like that. So this was one of their things from the 90s that they carried forward in their reiteration and everything. And I'm just an idiot. I couldn't believe that my brain didn't catch that. Um, of course, it's why it's gold. Um, and I'm now sad because I'm a terrible Valiant fan, even though I'm, I have tons of gold issues at home. Um, so this is just well executed. Um, it's pretty, it's funny. It's pretty funny. See what I did there? It's good. That's why they pay me the big bucks. Um, <laughs> all free bucks that I get. Uh, Arcade Kings number four. It's still fun. I, it's, we're at issue number four. We're kind of getting to the plot finally, which I'll tell you up front is kind of a long lead <laughs> into the point. Um, but, the art's still kind of this fun anime slash arcade Scott Pilgrim oh, yeah. type thing. And it's just fun in that sense that it's kind of, it's a revenge slash family slash something story with fighting and stuff. But I think this is the, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's a very pretty book read that okay. i'm doing right now that it gets my money because it's also it, they're a little longer than typical issues so you know paying the slight doll hair more oh it's a lot of doll hairs more maybe maybe i should care it's a 7.99 book yeah um i was happy but, at the amount of 3.99 books i saw and that makes me sad that i was happy about that right it's, yay ah um but you know back to it like my gold issue was only 4.99 from image and I was like, that's actually pretty great. Um, but yeah, so Arcade King's still pretty great. I'm behind here, but I saw it on my shelf and I don't know how I missed it before. So I'm pulling it forward. And that is the Sirens of the City from Boom. Uh, I just need to open this book. It's number two because number one came out like a long time ago. Um, but I read both. And everything's in black and white or blue. Eh. Eh. Or green. Or I'm not going to find it now. Ah. Or red. Or both. And it's a urban story told about we're following this one individual that um, she's very, I think she's 16, she's pregnant, she's dealing with that. Um, but she also has powers of some type and there are people of powers all around the city. Now I'm not talking, um, typical comic book, like superhero-y stuff. I'm talking, she finds out she is a siren. So hence sirens of the city. Right. Um, and that there are other things around her that are like here like vampires, like that type of stuff. So that type of cryptid 
angle and that all these factions exist in the city and either coexist or are very much at war at one another. And that's kind of the story that's unfolding. And that's why they do black and white. So when there's like neutral conversations, there's no color at all. But when like the sirens are present, the blue is present. Um, when the vampires are present and their ability red is present. And so, but you've seen situations where like her hair is actually purple at the ends and they haven't said anything about it, but you know, using my deductive comic book <laughs> smarts, I think there's obviously something there um, to that whole thing. So the book is very gorgeous in in its art and that use of color. I was about to say, aesthetically, that is, that's pretty gorgeous. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, and as that story unfolds, I'm like, okay. So that one went from what on earth is this to another boom book that I'm like, yep, I'm here for it. And then finally... I'm glad that I was able to get one of these because I bet they're going to be hard to find. Is this bad boy? Yeah, I saw that. So this we talked about. I don't remember how many episodes ago, but this is from Distillery. So D-S-T-L-R-Y, that new comic company that is using kind of a direct distribution model and has a ton of independent creators that are their um, people. So, you know... Aldafo, Azarello, uh, Clunin, Jock, Jolie Jones. Uh, All the people you want doing covers. Got it. Yeah. Uh, Tinian, Snyder, um, on and on and on. It's like, holy moly. And basically what this is, is a preview of all of those creators' books that are going to come out through here. So it's kind of like a collection of free comic book day length stories that are the introductions to all of their stories. Um, it's $10. It's magazine size. It's called the devil's cut. Um, and yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, stories are in here. So that's less Not than bad. a dollar a story. Um, all of them are very adult oriented. <laughs> um, FYI, but some spooky stuff, some weird stuff, some funny stuff, um, some sci-fi stuff. It is all over the place. But I almost want to read everyone based on what they introduced me to. Unless got, it comes like that every month, I don't I wouldn't do it. <laughs> that's the problem is I you know uh, we we dropped the link in there so that you can see it. It's a very interesting distribution model. They're people that we care about. So at a minimum, go find the Devil's Cut if you can still get it um, from your shop to get because that'll give you an idea of what's going on. And, I really wish a company would do that though. Kind of do like a Shohen jump. Yeah. Thing. No, and that's that's kind of the vibe. Um, that's what I got. It's like that sounds like Shohen jump. It's like and it's it's or anthology, but it's anthology, but like introduction um it's like love death robots except you don't get the end of the story <laughs> and that's why it's like no proper marketing how dare you um it's so crazy so that's my big old number one i kind of skipped into the number one because okay. i was so excited 
I'm so excited. It's not really a number one. It's technically an anthology of a bunch of number ones. So my number one this week is 11 number ones. Wow. <laughs> right? Yo, what? What are you going to do? It's my podcast. I do what I want. Um, so that's your number one as well? That's that's my number one. So, um, And it's because your number one, I won't spoil it, was sold out by the time I made to my comic book shop. And I made it early this week. I was about to say, like, I was drastically surprised that this wasn't yours. Because um, everyone, like, that clearly is the spectator book because the spectators from, like, two hours from my shop. They know that we're an island down here of only, like, three or four really hardcore comic book collectors. So they know my dude's probably going to have a book if they're looking for something. So people right. will drive from Atlanta to here um, to try to beat out the casuals um on stuff so so yeah i i do believe i mentioned this one as a free comic book day book i think i think you did it sounded really familiar yeah no i'm pretty sure i did because i was like wait i don't remember this book and then i was like yes i do and now it's like i'm disappointed because that was another one of those that i was like this was really good no this sounds like a chris book and this uh sounds like something you would keep going um all right but uh yeah the the plot holes um it's a group of characters from books uh that there's a giant digital library <laughs> of books that have not been published um and so these characters one of them is a manga guy one is a witty writer one of the i mean there's just like a, a smorgasbord of different ones one's a giant blue thundercat looking knockoff one looks like link with a machine gun That's um and uh these characters jump through poorly written and edited books and kill plot holes or bad writing so that the books can get published right yeah, i need these no. guys um right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> every writer it. everywhere i got a job for you <laughs> yes um but then some evil mul- multi-dimensional force starts traveling through all the books like they are but just killing everything right and so at the end of the first issue only five percent of the unpers- unpublished books still exist and if they don't stop it they'll cease to exist too so they're the plot hole in their own book yeah oh no they're gonna no no i'm sorry they're the plot armor in their book yeah so that's where they're at it was fun read it is very sean murphy art which is what you do expect and um like one does like one does but yeah i would you know if you're lucky enough to find this on your shelf check it out check 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 it out that's all i got <laughs> uh i was i enjoyed it but i wasn't like oh man tatted on my chest good so like it's not like the big one it's not like putting straight out of gotham on 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 that big old back cover there you go it's not straight out of plot holes sorry all right I love that we're still making references straight out of Compton when most of the kids alive have never heard that album (laughs) and only know it as a movie that they're probably not going to watch either. 
<sighs> or a meme format that they just remember from memes. They're like, hey, that's the meme. Yeah, that's that's all it is. Tear. <laughs> Oh, well, that's going to do it for us here at the Polis Podcast. Episode 90 is in the books and now in your ears and oh, in let your me say eyeballs. One thing. Oh, wait. Nope. It's not. Just kidding. Extra extra bonus material from Hector. Uh, One Piece. Oh, yeah. It happened. It's a thing. It's in. Are you, I'm are not you watching, watching it yet. Nope. Are you watching the Have you watched the anime at all? No. I've had this conversation. I haven't been peer pressured into watching One Piece yet. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so here's what I am just going to say this one thing for y'all that listen that care. Um, I've watched the first 80 episodes of the anime. Yes. Uh, I've watched the first four episodes of the live action. Yes. They're doing a good job. Uh, and I'll say that they managed to make some of the characters even cooler in the live action than they do in the anime. Okay. Like, Zoro, who's voiced by Chris Sabat in the anime, uh, they made him cooler, which was hard because he was cool. Um, um, <laughs> and just to say that the creator of One Piece, I'm grateful he's alive. He's supervising it and he makes them redo stuff they don't he doesn't approve of. And he's happy with it. So the creator is happy with it. I'll just say this. But what I was going to say, just for uh, safety sake, um, if you're they're only covering uh, like let's say the first 40 to 50 episodes of the anime in this eight episodes. So you're thinking, okay, if I'm in season one of one piece, I'm fine. Cause the first season is 62 episodes. Um, it's not safe in terms of spoilers, because in episode four, they re- at the end of episode four, they reveal information. You don't find out until episode 300. <sighs> So if you're not through it, you're going to get stuff spoiled because my kids literally said, wait, is that a spoiler? That's not right. No. And like one of my kids was like, one of of my kids was like, we're not watching any more of this until we catch up. I'm like, that was revealed in episode 300. We can't do this. You'll be in high school. Uh, (laughs) um, So uh, it's manga as comics. Just thought I'd share. Okay. Close this out. You good this time? Yep. Yep. You sure? Yep. Positive? Yep. I can end the show now? Mm-hmm. All right, great. So episode 90, it's over. It happened. Uh, you can hear it. You can watch it. You can do all those wonderful things because we're on the YouTubes and you can see our funny expressions and the random crap that we have on our walls or nothing at all. Uh, but we couldn't possibly do this alone. As many of you know, we take this journey of nerdy podcasts and fandoms with a lot of other amazing podcasts over on the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I mean, Actor even has another show over there because that man's busy. He's got stuff going on. You can check it out. Um, check, check it out. Yeah, see? Check it out. So be sure to visit lovethynerd.com. Uh, you can get information, previous episodes, you know, all that kind of wonderful stuff over there. Maybe you'll find something new and interesting to listen to. Maybe you won't. Who knows? That's the joy of the internet. But Hector and I do honestly want to thank each and every single one of you for choosing us as your primary comic book knowledge factory on a near weekly basis. So don't leave us hanging. Rate, review the show uh, in all of your favorite places. We're 
pretty much everywhere, kind of like we said before. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, YouTube. Um, five stars or not at all, because that's how this works. I'm going to tell you to click the best option. Now, two of you just gave us one-star reviews because I pandered for it. <sighs> the lifestyle of the complicated podcast cast show host but but thanks for listening yeah make it sad but that's fine but thanks for listening each and every one of you and remember kids read more, more comics. comics we're gonna take all seven continents of the game of risk